What do you believe about healing? Part two. Okay. We, that's what we started on last week. What do you believe about healing? And we want to finish that part today. And we said that, uh, let's turn to James chapter 5. That's where we were. Verse 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil. That's a, that anointing is in a tense, uh, uh, is really, really part of participle, which means that it, it goes before. It's having been anointed, in other words, so you anoint and then you pray over, over the person in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Let's stop there. And that's where we, we were last week. And we said that heal, that word heal, is actually rayful. And what it means is that, that it's restoring back to the condition that God intended it to be whether it be a vessel, whether it be a wall, whether it be a, uh, a person, it doesn't matter, whether, it be your, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's your uh, mental condition, it's restoring a person back to what God intended it to be. And that's good news because that's what Isaiah talks about also. Now, it's more than bodily, injury, uh, bodily uh, uh, healing, as we said, and we think of healing all the time as bodily healing, but we said it's more than that. We're talking about mental healing. We're talking about emotional healing. We're talking about all types of healing. Uh, we need peace. We need relationships healed. We need forgiveness of sins. All those type of things in that word deliverance. Salvation of our soul is still healed. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, has mended our relationship with God. It's God's will to heal. That's what we basically implied last week. It's God's will to heal. Now, I don't know what you believe about healing. Do you believe that it is God's will to heal? Well, I want to encourage you that you need to have that perspective all the time. That's, that's what your theology should be. We said that it should be such that every time you pray for somebody, you believe that God is going to heal them. Every time that you uh, give the good news to somebody, you believe that they're going to give their life to Jesus Christ. You believe they're going to be saved. It's the same thing. By the stripes, you heal. Now let's begin where we left off. We know that everyone is not going to be healed in this life. Now, why? I really don't know. Why is it that Jesus, everyone he prayed for, got healed? Everyone you pray for, I pray for, they really don't get healed. Why is that? I really don't know. I don't have all the answers to everything. We know that there's sin in the world. We know that there's sin in the world because of Adam's sin. We know that. Um, we know it's God's will to heal, but we know that everyone doesn't get healed. We know that. What do you think? Do you think the Apostle Paul was, was, was a great man of God? 
One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> Do you all think the Apostle Paul was a great man of God? Do you think God worked miracles through the Apostle Paul? Do you think it's a small thing for Trophimus to have been healed? <laughs> oh, now, now I got it here. See, because you say if it's a small thing, well, something's wrong. If it's a small thing, why didn't he do it? Let's look a little bit at uh, another verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 7 through 12. Now, on the first day of, week, of the week, what's that day? Okay, this is a, a Sunday, okay. When we were gathered together to bake, break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart the next day. And so he had a short message. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> huh? Because he knew everybody wanted to go to lunch. What do you think? You know? Everybody used to a short service, so you know, it can't it can't go for so long, you know. He prolonged his message until midnight. Wow, how many of you like to be in that service? Yeah. Yeah. We got one person who would like to be in that service. You know, <laughs> I would like to have been in that service too. Yeah. Because I know whatever he's saying is powerful. And since he was going to leave the next day, he wanted to give. He, he wanted to give. He wanted to leave nothing unturned as far as the gospel of Jesus Christ. What they needed. We don't want to be in a hurry, do we? Don't want to be in a hurry. Now it's best to get some sleep, though, before you come to a service like that. Because and there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Verse nine. And there was a certain young man, and this is not an old man who, who's you know got a problem, you know, that that he can't keep his eyes open. This was a young man, named named Eutychus. Okay, and Eutychus was sitting on the windowsill. First mistake. <laughs> well, you can sit on the windowsill as long as the window is closed. Okay? But if the window open, you got a problem. And if you're sitting on the windowsill and they don't have a window in that thing, like in some third world cultures, you're definitely in problem. Sinking into a deep sleep. And he wasn't just nodding off. This is a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, Oh, my goodness. Kept on talking. I know y'all would have got up and left, you know. He was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. It didn't necessarily he was picked up as though he were dead. He was picked up dead, okay? So the man is dead, okay? Then we got it now. But Paul went down and fell on him. And after embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled, for his life is in him. And when he had gone back up and had broken bread and eaten and talked with them a long while until daybreak, that was some kind of service, and so departed, and they took away the boy Alive. Now he was what? Dead. 
But they took him away alive and were greatly comforted. Has the Apostle Paul lost anointing, you think? When, he, when, when we say he left Trophimus sick, why would he leave somebody sick? Healing us from the Lord. God's will to heal. Okay? Let's look at Acts chapter 36. And not Acts chapter 36, Acts 9, verse 36. You'll be hard-pressed to find chapter 36. <laughs> you had to write some more chapters. Who did he leave sick? Trophimus. Where did he leave him sick at? Militus. Now, this is Paul who raises the dead. Verse 36. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened that time that she fell sick, and died. Now she got sick, but she also what? Died. Now if she died, she's what? Dead. Okay? Good. Okay. Just want to make sure we understand now. We got understanding. Okay. And when they had washed her body and laid her in the upper room, since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples having heard that Peter was there, hmm. They sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. Now, wouldn't that be great when somebody knows that you're in Lynchburg and they call upon you because they have somebody who died, who got sick and died. They said, call Gloria Goo. Yeah. Make sure Carlton come with her. <laughs> So Peter arose and went with them. When they arrived, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to to make while she was with them. So you can imagine the the scene there. I mean, they're just weeping, they're just crying, they're just boohooing, they're oh, she, she made this right here, oh, they're just crying. They're just, and so Peter sent them all out. Why do you think he did that? <laughs> you know? Come on now. See, in an atmosphere where God's going to do something, we need some faith, don't we? You know? You know? We don't need we don't need a witness to say, Oh, she's dead, oh she did, she's man, you know, we're gonna miss her. No, hey, she's not dead. No, come on now. We we need some faith to do something here. You know. You go out in the hallway. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. You remember we taught a message about three weeks ago, what do you believe about prayer? See, he didn't he didn't just walk up to her and and, and start praying over her he knelt down and prayed he wanted to seek God and find out what what do you want me to do Lord well what's the situation here 
you know, because, see, God has different ways, right? We, even when Jesus Christ walked the earth, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll spit on somebody. Sometimes he'll, he'll spit on the ground, make some mud. Sometimes he'll, you know, uh, put the hand in the ear. Sometimes he'll, he'll do a lot of different things, you know. We don't know what he wants to do in this situation, so we've got to seek God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Seek God before you do anything because God might tell you, okay, this is what I want you to do. And if you don't do that, because you didn't even seek God, then nothing's going to happen. So he knelt down and prayed. Now, see, I believe once he knelt down and prayed, then I believe that he had a word from God on what to do. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. Did he lay hands on her? That is written here. No, no, no lay, hands laid on. Did he anoint her with oil? No anointing with oil. Did he stretch himself out on her? He did that with the, with the boy. It's been done before. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying is that you have to find out from God what he wants you to do in order to be obedient so that God can do what he's going to do. See, God wants to know that, that you know that he's in charge of this thing. As long as he's in charge, then he can say, I get the glory of this thing. See, as long as you think you're in charge, God doesn't get the glory, see, so therefore he doesn't do anything. You know, you know sometimes I believe that sometimes um, we believe that we're something, and we, we just wish that something would happen, that, that people get healed through us, and, and, and uh, so we can be somebody, you know. I really believe it's deep, and I, I, I believe that we don't really believe that because in our mind we don't think that, but in our heart I believe sometimes we want some glory. I really believe with that. You know? I wonder what happened to her. He spoke to her. What happened to her? She did. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter... She sat up. This is powerful stuff going on here, isn't it? And he gave her his hand and, and raised her up and calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And that's what you want to You know, it became known all over Lynchburg, Appomattox, Bedford County, Campbell County, and, and many believed in the Lord. It didn't say they believed in Peter, did it? Many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. What do you think he stayed for? They give him the word of God. Because now that you believe in the Lord, now let's tell you what the Lord has said. Let's tell you about the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God operates. Okay? Has... The apostles lost any anointing. You know, because Paul left the man sick. And we're still on that now. He, lost, he left the man sick. Has he, has he lost an anointing, you think? I wonder why in the world did, did the man then not get healed? Do you understand that everybody that you pray for might not get healed? Do you understand that? So don't run around and say that, well, God doesn't heal today. Don't run around and say, well... 
he must not have enough faith to be uh, to 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 uh, get healed, or that I don't have enough faith and start making excuses. You know, let's just do what God says and have faith in God and keep doing it and keep doing it until God does something. You know, and if you do it enough. Uh, you know that God is going to, gonna, and, and you, you're not interested in no glory. Because after a while, you know you're not interested in the glory. Because after a while, you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah? And, and when, you, when you're embarrassed like that, then you don't get in the glory. Then God can get the glory. Let's look at another verse. Let's, let's go to some of the things that can, can hinder healing. Okay, let's, let's do that. What are some things that can hinder healing? Now, I'm not going to go over all the things that can hinder healing, but we'll go over a few of them. One is found in Matthew chapter 13, if you'll turn there. One is lack of, the F word, faith. Lack of faith. Virgil, don't grin like that, boy. <laughs> We know where your mind is sometimes. <laughs> Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Okay? In Christianity, the F word is faith. Okay? <laughs> okay. And it came about that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there and come to his hometown. He began teaching them in their synagogue so that they became astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and all these miracles, miraculous power? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense with him. That's not a good thing. You know? It's not a good thing that you uh, think that your your uh, your son or your daughter doesn't have an anointing. So when they say, Mama, Dad, let, uh, let, me, let me just pray for you. Oh, that's okay. You know, you don't have to pray. Um, Dad and Mama, they, we, we'll pray for ourselves, you know. Let the little child pray, you know. You might get healed, you see. Sometimes we become so familiar with people, we think they don't have anointing. But see, if you have a guest speaker sometime come to church, you know, everybody want to come. If this man has a healing ministry, this woman has a healing ministry, you know, everybody want to flock and say so they can get healed. But see, uh, if we had the knowledge of the Lord, we'll say that, hey, I don't care what vessel he used, just pray for me, you know. It be Sister Sue, it can be Brother Joe, I don't care who it is, just pray for me. I don't need somebody to come and, and somebody's supposed to be something, you know. Everybody's the same. They put on their pants the same way. And, you know, all I need is somebody to just pray for me. When we get to that point, you'll come up for the people who, who uh, stand here. You know, that they, you know the people who stand up here to pray for people is nothing. You know they're nothing. You know? uh, none of us are nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, therefore, you know, but just because they are nothing, in the world's eyes, they're something in God's eyes. If you ever been to a, I had a guest speaker, and the person said, well, we're going to pray for somebody. I want to, uh, uh, the prayer team to come up with me, and uh, we're going to be here, and we're going to pray for you. If you notice everybody, what they'll do, they'll get into the line that the, the person, the guest is in. 
And if the guests move around this end, they'll go over that side. I'm, I'm serious. Have you ever been into like that? I'm serious. You know, they do that. Because they, they don't want you to pray for them because you're just, you know, I see him every day. He's just, you know, I know what he does. You know, he, you know, he drink Kool-Aid. He, he, you know, you know, you know. You, you got to get out of that mentality, okay? Get out of it. And it says that, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, in his, in his own household. So what does that mean to us today? How do we apply it to us today? You know? Do we respect the people in our own household? Do we want them to pray for us? Do we, do we hold them in high esteem and that they are a child of God? That they can pray for you and that God can use them? Okay. Let's think about that now. Let's think about that. And he did not do many miracles there. Okay? Now, obviously he did some because they said that uh, where did this man get all these miraculous powers? So he, he was doing something. But then after they start complaining and start trying to uh, get him to the position where I know who he is, just a carpenter's son, he's not nobody, you know. Then because of there, it says unbelief. He, couldn't, he didn't do many miracles. So what does that tell us as a, as a body of believers? We need to have more belief in Jesus Christ. That's what we want, want to have. More belief in Jesus Christ that he can do what he said he'd do. If it is written, then he can do that. Nothing is impossible, so we sang today. Nothing is impossible. So we got to have that type of belief so that we can, he can do what he wants to do. So it's, it's partly up to me to raise the belief level of you. Because as I raise that belief level, you start believing that, hey, God's going to do something. See, most people don't come to church thinking that God's going to do something. So they stay home. You know? But now if, I guarantee you, if they hear that, Oh, man, every single Sunday, somebody's getting healed at First Presbyterian Church, First Baptist, First uh, Pentecostal, First uh, whatever, a cornerstone. I guarantee you it won't be not one seat left open. They'll be lining up at the door. to get When, when Alice opened the door at 830, they'll be lined up ready to try to come in and get a seat first up in front so that they can say, man, you know, if I want to be the one. You know, when Catherine Kuhlman had her, 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 her meetings and she's a uh, woman of God that God used that, uh, to, to bring healing, and she was nothing either, okay, because, because she, she was just a vessel. Do you hear what I'm saying? She was just a vessel, but God decided to use that vessel, and they got, some people got healed. Not everybody, just a few people get healed. Every service. Man, they, they, man, you had to line up. They'll line up in the snow. They'll line up in the rain. They'll line up hours before, hours before the service. They get in there. They might be the one. They'll keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back until they get it. They're healing. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
They believed that God was doing something there. What do you believe when you come to church? I'm asking you now. I'm asking you, see. I want you to answer that question on Saturday when they say, well, it might snow. (laughs) You know? Jesus was always, always, that was his manner, in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He was always there. And the disciples, they were, they, they, they were always gathering together when they were supposed to break and bread. They were there. Yeah. I'm expecting something when I come to church. I always have and I always will. And I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for any special tingle. I'm not looking for no tickles of the ears. I'm just listening to hear God's word so I can believe and work it out more. That's what, I'm, that's what I come for. You know? I'm, not, I'm not coming to hear what happened on Fifth Street. I'm not coming to hear uh, what they're doing in politics. I'm not coming to hear you know, uh, nothing but the word of God because it's the word of God that's going to be in my faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what I want. I want a word. And you say, don't you come for healing? You know? Minerva and I pray for each other five days of the week. Okay? I mean, we lay hands on each other. Monday through Friday. You know? So, uh, I don't have any problems with knowing that she's a woman of God that God can use. Don't have no problem. You know? I'll tell anybody to pray for me. You know? I come to church, I want to hear the word of God. I'm not going to stay home. I'm had to be almost dead to stay home. So when I stay home, you know I'm out of town because I'm not in Lynchburg, or I'm sick and can't get there. Okay. And those of you who know me for twenty some years, that's the only way I miss a church service. Only way, because I'm expecting to come to receive something. I don't care who's speaking. I'm coming to receive something. Okay. Sin in our lives. Sin in our lives can, it can hinder healing. Now, all these are things that can hinder healing. I didn't say it would. I said can. Obviously, you know that Jesus overrides everything. And he can override everything. Okay? He can do what he wants to do. You know all the people he healed, they weren't so sinless and sanctified and and all that before they got healed. He just healed them. His mercy endures forever. But these are some things that can hinder healing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, um, Chad went over probably this verse when, when we received communion on um, two Sundays ago. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 30, for this reason, men among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. And that sleep is not like, you know, falling asleep at night. This sleep is death, dead. Okay? Do you think he wrote that just because, you know, it was probably a mistake? The Holy Spirit, he, he probably just writing this thing, you know, and that was probably a mistake right there. What do you think? There's no mistake. He doesn't make mistakes. 
It's God breathed. Job was afflicted. Had he sinned? If anybody tell you he sinned, then you, you better learn to read your Bible and not listen to them. Okay? Because Job, I didn't read anywhere where Job sinned. You know, people say he sinned because he was, he was an unbeliever, because he was offering sacrifices for his sons and daughters and stuff like that. And he didn't say nothing about that. Okay? It said that Job, he was a righteous man. Okay? But he was afflicted, wasn't he? He was bad off. Okay? Why? Okay? I'm, I'm saying, and then the title of it is, is, of course, sin in our lives in this section I'm talking about. But I want to tell you that just because sin can hinder you, it doesn't mean that everybody who gets sick is something wrong with them. So don't you even think about it, you know? Because we have a tendency in the, in the body of Christ to be thinking that. So, well, I wonder why this person, Brian, got burned, you know? Maybe I wonder what was he, I wonder what was he doing, you know? He probably doing something wrong, you know? See, that's a lie, you know? That's a lie. We have an enemy called Satan. And he will try to do everything he can to take prayer people out. And I was the one last Sunday uh, encouraging him, you know, and, and I was talking about Brian. I said, Brian, because Laura said that he laid hands on her, her mother's leg, you know, whatnot, and, and, the, and the legs started getting better the next day and whatnot. And I said, oh, you know, who you want to come pray for you? You want somebody who don't believe or you want Brian to come pray for you, you know? Uh, and then this thing happened, you know. Um, but we know the enemy, he doesn't like people praying for nobody, you know. He don't want nobody to believe in, 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 in healing and stuff like that. going to be, uh, you know, bold about praying for people's healing. He don't want that. So it's a, and it's a, it should be a, a wake-up call for us to pray for one another. You see, because I think sometimes we get a little lax in, in praying for one another. It's particular people who pray, okay, they need somebody praying for them. See, people who pray usually neglect themselves. Not all people, you know. If they're wise, they wouldn't. But, but a lot of people neglect themselves because they're busy praying for you, you know, and other people. They need somebody praying for them, covering them. So we have, like, Ms. Dorsey and, and all these prayer team up here. Pray for these people during the week, you know. Spend a little time praying for them. That's supposed to be one of the goals you had anyway for 2000. And nine, pray for uh, one minute for your, you know, your future spouse or your spouse, one minute for your children, all those type of things. Okay. The man blowing blind had not sinned, had he? Let's look at John chapter 9. Now, even though I said sin can hinder healing, and it can, obviously you know it can. It's just not the reason all the time. That's why he had to pray. He had to pray. And he passed by and saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? So obviously they must have some type of thinking, some type of theology to know that if somebody is born blind, then somebody else had to sin because that man hadn't sinned. So they, they probably knew that, that sin can cause sicknesses, right? 
Now, Jesus could have said a lot of different things. Let's see what he said. He said, it was neither that man that this man sinned nor his parents, but in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. So when somebody is sick, it doesn't mean that they have sinned. They could have, but it doesn't mean they have sinned. And it might mean that God wants you to pray for them so he can heal them. You see? We don't know what the reason why the person is sinned. And I'm trying to spend time in this thing because, because sometimes, you know, we, we get this holier-than-thou thing and, and we start pointing fingers at people. Okay? Even if sin is involved, even if a person did sin and, gets, and got sick, there is forgiveness, isn't it? First John 1 John 1.9 tells us that if what? If we confess with our mouth. Does it say that? What does it say? Come on, y'all quote the thing for me. Huh? Are y'all reading or quoting? <laughs> okay. That's a favorite, that's a favorite verse should be a favorite verse of the, of the body of Christ, universal. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, it should be. Because the enemy doesn't want us to believe that. Yeah. Prideful people don't want to admit that they have sinned. But sometimes you have to pry it out of them. So when it says, if anyone have, um, and let's go back to James. Let's just read it down. It says that in verse 15, I read the first two parts, and a prayer offered in, in, in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So uh, sometimes when, when, when I pray for somebody, before I pray, I'll ask them, I'll say, well, do you have any known sins that, that, that need to be confessed? Oh, no, 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 no. Why do we ask that? Because the scripture says that, and if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. And see the rest of it, which we'll go over next week, the rest of it see, is talking about sins and forgiving sins. You know? Right? Confess your faults one to another. That you may be healed. You see? Why did he say that? Why did he say, confess your faults one to another? And then, that you may be healed. In order that you may be healed. He could say that. If they weren't connected. Do you understand? It's connected. We have to confess our sins. When you're going to lead somebody to the Lord, you need to get them to repent, shouldn't you? Of their sins. That they may be saved, delivered, healed in their relationship with God. Man, it's hot in here. <laughs> but it's all right. I like it hot. <laughs>
I know y'all must be burning up if I'm hot. <laughs> feels good? Okay. Turn it up, Brother Sam. Turn it up. They said it feels good. Also, as a result of satanic spirits, that's another, that can hinder what? Healing. A result of satanic spirits. You say, well, nobody's sick because of some satanic spirit. What are you talking about? Yeah. Don't start thinking that everybody has an unclean spirit. They get sick either. You know? Let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 10. It says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman who had, for 18 years had a sickness caused by a what? Spirit. Now you know that's an unclean spirit. That's a demonic spirit. A satanic spirit. It's not a nice, sweet spirit. Okay? And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Ooh, that's interesting. How many people do you think saw her bent over for 18 years? I wonder how many people prayed for them. I wonder how many people believed that, man, this woman don't need to be bent over. We're going, something wrong with this thing, you know. Um, we might give her some, some medicine. We might give her this right here, but it, it might be a spirit. How many people pass by you Every single week, they're sick. How many people did you know of every year they're sick and been sick? They said, well, I have allergies. They said, I have this. They said, I have that. How long have you had this? I had it all my life, ever since I was older. I've had asthma. I've had this. Have you ever thought that? Man, you know, God doesn't want this person to have that. Have you ever thought about that? Did you do anything about it? See, sometimes we don't want to pray and we don't want to get serious about those things like that because God might not do anything to us. Then we'll look kind of silly. We'll be embarrassed. That's good if you're embarrassed because that means it'll get rid of the pride that we have. And when we get rid of pride, then God can then give some grace. Yeah? And that'll be great. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are free from your sickness. He didn't say anything about the demonic spirit, did he? But I guarantee you he knew. And that's why you have to be understand that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit are valid today. Because you want to be able to, for, for the Holy Spirit to say, this person right here, this is wrong. In other words, you want to have a word of knowledge. You want to have a word of wisdom. You want to have miracles operate. You want to do that, don't you? Yeah. And he laid his hands on her and he says, hand or his hands? Okay. 
He laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made erect again and began to glorify who? God. God wants glory. He wants glory from us. He wants us to bring him glory. That's what he wants to do. So he wants to use us. But the synagogue officials, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, there are six days in which we should work and work should be done. So doing that, uh, so come doing them and get healed. That was kind of stupid, wasn't it? Now you just think about it now. How many times they healed some, healed her for 18 years, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. How many times did they pray for you think? None. Probably. But the Lord answered and said to him, You hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away for water? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years. See, Jesus knew she was bound by Satan. Should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated. That's good for him. And the entire crowd was rejoicing over the glorious things being done by him. Are you ready for God to do some things in your life? Are you ready for God to bring healing through you for somebody else? Well, then you're going to have to pray for people and you're going to have to believe that God is going to do something. You know, you start at home. Don't start in the church. Start at home. Isn't that good? Start with your neighbors. Start with your coworkers. Pray for them. Pray for them. Very important. We'll pick it up here next week. Okay? Because we got two more of these, and then we'll go in right into the rest of the verses and finish. We're going to try to finish this up, uh, James, up next week. And if we don't, we'll finish up the following week. But we're going to finish James in one or two more messages, okay? Uh, I want to get in, you know what, my next book I want to do is Acts. I really want to do Acts. Uh, it's an it's a all-powerful book, you know? Um, but we'll see what God says. Stand to your feet. Will you? I want your faith rising up. I want it rising up. And I want you to be doing some things with your faith to glorify God. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it is good news. Good news, Lord. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you, Father, for kingdom knowledge that you have given us, Lord. We'll thank you that, that James has given us a lot of things, Lord, to think about and a lot of things to do. And we have to admit, Lord, that we're not there yet. But we also admit that we're going to endeavor to get there. We want to be better 
this week than we were last week. We want to believe more this week than we did last week. Would the prayer team come up, please?